Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the From the Back Tees podcast, a podcast from the Back Tees. I am your co-host, Jerry Lou, and with me as always is our other co-host and founder, intrepid leader extraordinaire, Zachary Penser. Zach, how we doing today, buddy? I'm doing pretty good. I have half of a voice, but besides that, not too bad. How about you? I'm all right. Don't nobody worry about me. Uh, that's okay, because we're bringing in another voice in this podcast, especially a big voice in that not only is he our Tiger expert, but I don't know if anyone uh, watched the TV recently, and I know we're dropping this podcast late, but El Tigre did happen to catch his 15th major, fifth green jacket, and to tell us uh, as much as he can in terms of being our in-house Tiger expert and right on the team with us is Nolan Smith. Nolan! Let everyone hear your voice. How you doing, buddy? Hey, guys. I'm doing great. Great. I, I don't think I could be doing any better right now. It's been a, it's been quite quite a week to, to start off here after that Sunday performance. And uh, glad to be on with you guys. Yeah, it was uh, definitely quite something. <laughs> uh, real quick, I figured uh, we can just get this quickly out of the way, but... Uh, Noel and Zach, how did you two find each other? Because it seems like Zach is kind of like an old Vietnam specialist war movie. He's uh, kind of picked, picked us out here or there for uh, certain things at different times. So how did you two get acquainted? Yeah, so I think uh, Nolan was just, I might have reached out to him on Twitter. And then he mentioned he liked the site. And I'm not sure if you sent me that you were interested in writing or I could just tell you wrote pretty it well. Was, and then... It was wild, man. It was like you sent me a message about what you guys do and everything and at the same time i was typing out a message to you because you like followed me on twitter and <laughs> i was typing out a message to say like hey i want to know if you guys are interested in bringing someone on to write about tiger <laughs> yeah no it was definitely a, a perfect fit i actually noticed most of the other sites i don't i don't know if any actually have like a specific just talking about tiger and that's something that i feel like definitely separates us even one of the people i spoke with he was telling me how like he literally just goes to the site to read about tiger oh, no kidding. a huge amount of people seem to only care about him as much as people don't want to admit it well as the tiger camp has i mean that definitely there's definitely the following there's definitely the crew and whatnot but um i guess i wouldn't say I don't know, because part of me kind of feels like I didn't hear what you heard, Zach, but I feel like uh, everyone has an in-house Tiger expert, so to speak. But, I mean, maybe we're just talking about, like, like Sports Illustrated or ESPN, God forbid. I mean, and then in terms of, like, when uh, all this coming on board or whatever, it's just like, well, Nolan's here, like, right on board from the get-go, and his expertise is LT Gray, so that's a great uh, feather in our cap, I'd say. Yeah, and definitely very good timing. Yeah, <laughs> I, it, it just all worked out, you know. Quite perfectly, really, and uh, I guess a little background on me on my uh, my Tiger experience. I uh, I've always loved golf, always loved golf, but uh, probably started watching Tiger. My most recent memory was probably the 2002 Masters. So it's uh, it's come full circle now to 2019, um, and like 2005 was awesome too with the chipping and everything and I started that's when I started you know asking my parents that what I was in the, I was 13 years old and I was asking for Tiger Woods hats and whatnot for my birthdays every summer and it's just been a all-out love affair and I backed that guy on everything so <laughs> well before we I mean maybe we could scratch the surface a little bit on uh, Tiger and how he looks for the next major but uh, when he won an 02 he won the U.S. Open, which happens to be at Bethpage in 02, which is the very next major for the PGA in 2019. But I'm sure we can cover that when we get to the end of this in terms of I feel like the last subject we talk about with Tiger is what kind of form he's in now. But uh, how do we uh, how do we get this show started, Zach? Uh, what should we what were what were our expectations going in? I mean, I, it wasn't the DJ Rory, like, take 10 paces and turn and shoot like I thought it would be. Even though DJ, again, limped in with a 69 average for four rounds again. I mean, you know, that's aces. Yeah, I mean, like, I guess in my opinion, I feel like we should have seen it coming maybe more than we did, at least me and you, Jerry. Maybe not winning, but a pretty good finish. Because I know in the last two majors, he was leading the entire field by two strokes overall. Like yeah, said, but... I mean, the, 
I, but I'm on the record of addressing how I felt like he was pressing harder than they ever pressed before. And I'm just kind of like, oh, Christ, Tiger, please stop. You can't win under these conditions. Like, you're beating yourself up, it seems like. And I just kind of, just after the Open Championship last year, not the PGA, I just kind of thought to myself, man, if he's pressing that hard just to get in the lead and then to lose the lead, it's like, this guy's going to need to, like, have two ulcers a tournament if he wants to have a shot. I mean, obviously... I am also on the record of remember when we had our first, uh, maybe our first podcast or something we talked Masters, and you mentioned, Zach, the uh, odds on Tiger, and I said right away, no, avoid it, no. It's just, that's just a sucker, stupid, what have you. I mean, that's that's Vegas for you. I'm also the guy who picked DJ to win every tournament, and I'm going to win two bets a year and cover my nuts, so. Yeah, uh, Nolan had him finishing tied for second, though, which is a real shame. You, <laughs> I know, right? I I waffled back and forth on picking him for victory or not, and uh, I just I, I ended up sticking to my guns on my my very early prediction that he would um, fall short at the Masters and then kind of light a fire under him for the because I, I still I thought at the beginning of the year he'd get he'd get one major um, this year and uh, he had got it man but I didn't think he'd come this soon so. Props to him. I think everything was working in his favor, and um, I think it was good to have a finally a windy Sunday. Most of the conditions throughout the week, it wasn't too bad. So he, I think he he's always better in tougher conditions. So that worked out well. Yeah. Well, I got a question. Oh, go ahead, Zach. Go ahead. It was really a, it was a crazy Sunday. The leaderboard with all those guys at the top, everything at the break exactly his way. But look, I'm not. I, I don't mean to sound like the contrarian voice, but isn't that what we always a hope for and b get usually? I mean, as I was telling somebody the other day, it's like if it doesn't matter if you watch golf or not, it's not even the fourth round. It's not even a specific tournament. It's the back nine on the specific course that is amazing that everyone comes alive. Where you have Ricky Fowler going four under in the last five, you have Xander Shoffley going five under in the last eleven. You had Patrick Cantlay, who was about to like breed a second dragon. You had Webb Simpson, whose car stalled for no reason on the interstate. I mean, and then, like I said, you had DJ limping into second place. I mean, th- th- this is what it was made for. It always lives up to it. Even if we have our Danny Willett years, this is what it always, always lives up to. And God forbid, unless you have like a Spieth crash or a Greg Norman crash like 93. I mean, this, this is it. I mean, th- this, is what, this isn't my favorite major, but this is my favorite event to watch in golf over and over and over just because... Like, the cream rises so hard to the top, as Charlie would say, and it's always Sunday in Philadelphia. So, what do you... Uh, but but real quick, I got a question for you guys before I forget. Um, and I think this is starting to become a thing that I've seen a lot on social media, but and I'll start with you, Nolan. Where were you? What were you doing exactly when Tiger roared on 18? Sitting at home, <laughs> right on my couch, sitting next to my wife, and <laughs> it was emotional, man. I was just... The anticipation of it all and you know of course he he could make the bogey coming up and the three wood I was like all right he's got this after that three wood hit the fairway I knew it'd kind of be kind of a tough he'd have to cut it around those branches a bit coming into 18 and I think he even said in his post <laughs> post presser he kind of fanned that that shot <laughs> in there he kind of whiffed at it. He probably was feeling the most nerves he's felt in years, so I, I don't blame him. But then he, all he had to do was hit a, a safe pitch shot in two putt, and would have been great if he uh, if he nailed that par putt. That was a that was a putter flip for the ages, though. I, I'm surprised he didn't drop that putter. <laughs> I, I forget who it was. I heard, but I think it was some. Some sports pundit, uh, uh, maybe it was golf or otherwise. I think it was on ESPN. I heard at the Caddyshack this morning, but they were saying that like you could tell by the putter flip that he wasn't trying to lag the ball like the rest of us on a Sunday. He was trying to make that putt. I mean, we all know Tiger when he's in the driver's seat, when he's up in these majors. Oh, 2000 uh, U.S. Open Pebble comes to mind. Oh, two uh, Bethpage uh, U.S. Open comes to mind. Where when he has the lead, doesn't matter if it's two or twenty, he tees off with four. That's just what Tiger does. I mean, and we don't know. We've never seen him shank or mess up or do anything like that because he's such a fighter pilot in his mentality. I mean, it's perfect. But um, but real quick, before I ask you, Zach, where where you were and what you were doing, uh, I, so, Nolan, you had the day off. I mean, what do you do for a living? Because well, we want this to be our day jobs one day. But at the, at the time, as everyone knows, I'm a caddy. And uh, Zach, uh, he, 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 he works at, like, for Hormel's Canada in a, in a cubicle. <laughs> <laughs> Finance cube jobs. 
<laughs> well, you said it was for some meat company, so I'm like, yeah, hey, that's exactly. great. <laughs> yeah, so I am actually a project engineer. I went to uh, Oregon State University for construction engineering. Um, so I work- yeah, go Beef, shout out. Um, <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, I work for a, a fairly large uh, general contracting firm up in Portland. So been doing that for a couple of years now. It's been great. You didn't have to take Sunday off or, like, make any plans. Or I'm sure you made sure Sunday was clear. Like, there was not much going on the schedule. Like me and my jackassery. My uncle and his uh, Bannon Dunes buddy from Arizona came to town. I'm just in a month ago. I'm like, yeah, sure, we'll do this. And I finally looked at the calendar two weeks ago. I'm like, oh, okay. But we'll get more into that later. So, uh, Zach, where were you uh, Sunday? So, basically, the exact same, sitting on my couch. When they got to the 18th hole, I was all alone. I needed someone to enjoy the glory with me. So I had to yell at my younger sister and her boyfriend to come down and act like they cared about what was going on. Like, no, Zach, we're watching tennis. Yeah, no, I made them sit through the entire thing, the whole green jacket ceremony, everything. Act like you like it. But to me, I actually sort of liked the fact that he missed that last putt because I feel like it would have been much less climatic had it gone in and then he would have had to wait for the other guys to putt out well but there as you've probably seen in majors or tournaments especially especially if it's like we're about to put like the fanfare in the stage up or whatever all those guys are professionals in class acts they make sure that tiger or the winner is about to be the last one to putt out no but if that went in he wouldn't have been well, fair. Okay, no, if, but yeah, okay. I see what you're saying, but re- I would say the caveat to that is, who gives a crap? It went in, and like we would have like roared for the ages, and then there would have been a couple three footers. I mean, I, I see what you're saying, but I. Uh, you yeah, think I he would have had the big roar had it gone in and just the huge celebration? Oh my god! They all waited. People were already out of their seats every single time P- Tiger puts on 18 on Sunday, and he's in contention or whatever. It's it's famous for. I mean, it's kind of like. I, just all these white people just standing up at the same time, the ball's halfway to the hole or whatever. No, it's not like, the fans, him roaring. It's like if you were to like mix an Etch-A-Sketch with a rain stick all of a sudden. It's just like beautiful and majestic to watch. I mean, it's just... I, I mean, they do it for a lot of people. You want to be there in the moment. Phil in 04 was big like that. But, um, but yeah, I just... I don't know. I expected him to make it. I mean, he expected to make it. That would have been that would have been tremendous. Who cares if a couple guys have to like tap in their bogeys when they're yeah, done? Yeah, that was a bold putter flip, though. Oh. A very high quality. Yeah, I thought I thought that putt was going in too because Brooks. So we forgot about Brooks. He he had a putt on seventeen and eighteen to really force Tiger's hand to try to oh, make yeah. par. Um, and he missed that putt left. And so when I saw Tiger start it to the right, I was like, "Oh baby, this is gonna go in." <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, it didn't. It just stayed out there. Um, but the one thing that I loved um, after after the pup, the tap-in went in, was everyone just started the tiger chants. Tiger. Yeah. And that does not happen, especially at Augusta National, where, like, I've heard stories about kind of the culture they try to create out there, and it's it's very proper, right? And, uh, oh, and yeah. cool. so the fact that it kind of turned into, it kind of turned to what uh, PGA was like last year, to, it was like a rock concert, you know? Uh, a little that, bit. That was crazy to see. Well, at least Augusta has the brain cells enough. I'm not saying they don't. I mean, when you're old-fashioned and when you're steeped in tradition and when you're that freaking rich, you can do whatever you want to. But at least they understand when to step back and not let themselves get in the way of letting the game be the game. I'm not saying hashtag grow the game. I'm saying let the game be the game. I mean, if any of us playing golf just got out of our way more often, it would probably be a lot better for all of us. So... Uh, real quick, I'll I'll just wrap up uh, the the whole where were we at. For me, I was golfing at a course just south of Bandon called Bandon Crossings. It's a, in my opinion, five star course. It's only like a hundred bucks to play there maximum with a golf cart. It's not Bandon Dunes related, but my uncle, his friend, and I had the Masters app going on my phone, and I kept the live feed going because you couldn't interrupt it. You touched any button, it would go away. Had a Bluetooth speaker going, and I just put the screen down to as dark as I could to make sure I conserved every single ounce of battery, and proceeded to for the because we had a 9:30 tea time. The first six holes, we listened to what was oddly surreal, uh, like because I listen to podcasts and golf, I mean, and, uh, and music or whatever. But listening to a golf broadcast while you're golfing, freaking trippy. 
it is a lot of fun. Like the like the mild like claps. You hear other people really hitting real golf shots, and then you hear like the commentators just say something like, "Ooh, that was bad," or just something like that. Where like like oh, was that was that me or whatever? But uh, but we played six holes. We stopped on the seventh tee when Tiger was walking up 18 fairway to the green, and I made sure we like I hit my shot. And I'm like, all right, let's all stop for 10 minutes, and I held my phone up, and me and the two other guys that were there, no one else around us. It was. A distinct place to remember. I didn't watch any of the uh, ceremony, obviously. Like, the second he'd won, we watched before. I think it was even before we got to embrace his family and his entourage and his kids. We'd already just switched off the phone and been like, all right, on to golf. And Which was better for me because I shot tied for my second best score of my life. And I finally beat my first family member ever. I finally beat my uncle, who he plays to a scratch, even though he doesn't admit it a lot. I beat him five and three. So... <laughs> that was just a random question I had off the top of my head because it, in a darker tone, it's kind of like one of those things where it's like, where were you when the towers fell? Where were you when JFK was shot? Where were you when Miracle on Ice happened or blah, blah, blah? A lot of these things are nighttime sporting events that happen on TV, and if you're not into it, you're not into it. And if you're into it, well, we're all sitting at home watching at 8 p.m. or something. So having it truncated. Also, seeing threesomes go off on a Sunday for a major, it's not unheard of. I've seen it before, but... But then when they said also, as Zach was telling me the night before, he was texting me saying, yeah, they're going to do a back nine, front nine start. I lost my bananas because I'm like, I got a 9.30 tee time that we made, I think, on purpose so we can enjoy watching the Masters. That's what everyone in the group said. They wanted to watch the Masters. And then here's my uncle, who's an investigator for a very high-tech law firm, saying, how are you getting the speaker in the feed to work in the cart? And just like, <laughs> I, I'm not even tech savvy, and uh, I get it to work. I just break the battery last. So anyways, uh, what was – so let's – I think we should go back before we really marinate on Tiger too much. Let's talk Masters a little bit. I mean, did we really? I, I'm, I don't. I try not to sound cynical. I just try to sound like a realist. Did anyone really have a? a, a, a did we really consider Tiger? I mean, I don't want to even say a threat because all he has to do is shoot like 69, 69, 68, 68, and that's not like he went out there and scorched the earth. It's not like he anything. That's that's lurking, as I told Zach, and also. It's how you beat the guy. So what what were your thoughts, Nolan, leading up into the week, honestly? Not just as a Tiger guy, but, I mean, he was trending up in the majors. I figured. Yeah, honestly, oh, go ahead, Nolan. Honestly, I, I thought he had a shot. Um, he, I think in my, in my last article, I kind of went into detail on why I thought um, he was going to do well here. Um, he was... He was uh, hitting greens, and it showed that. I think he almost hit 80% of his greens this week. Um, wow, that's which, actually that's a tremendous stat. Nice. Yeah, um, which um, in proximity to the hole, which I think is definitely a skewed stat, but um, it helps putting on those greens, right? I mean, you want to hit it in the right quadrant there, and uh, it it really cut down on all his putting. Oh, his that would probably be his. I think he still um, finished last in zero to five foot putts this week, <laughs> and he won. Um, so, well, what way would you say that? Speak. You said he finished last in zero to five footers. Uh, well, wouldn't that speak more to his putting was either really really bad or pretty good? <laughs> yeah, you go either way really on that. Um, I would say, I would say he still had the some issues with those five five footers though um, throughout the week. That that's been kind of his Achilles heel all year so far. Um, well, he didn't make too many bogeys. I mean, that was important. It, it kind of like how I, I I hate to keep going back to it, but I distinctly remember remember Tiger 2000 U.S. Open at Pebble. His final round, he had all pars on the front side, and then he shot had like four under on the back. But I remember at um what was it the par four 16th hole. He canned like an eight footer for par, and that was like his favorite part of the tournament because he just didn't want any bogeys in his last round because he was like running at such a high octane. But I remember thinking, like watching him hit like a ten footer or an eight footer that he really, really wanted, or really, really cared about. And obviously, when it comes to the hole, is good for his putting, bad for his putting. It is situational. Obviously, each single green was probably a different situation where it's like, oh, that's his birdie putter. Oh no, that's his comebacker for par because he blew it past the hole or whatever. So. Right, and he he'd been again, yeah, turning the turning upward with his ball striking all year, and uh, I think that a big difference for putting wise is he made a lot of those twenty footers that he leaves himself almost every green, right? He, 
on Friday and Saturday especially, he poured in quite a few 15 to 25 footers that doesn't happen very often. So he caught fire in that sense. Um, Indeed. And that's exactly that's exactly what Jack did in 86. But it was Jack's MO overall where Jack loved hitting the ball to the same side of the flag 20 to 25 feet away. And they just having the same putt over and over. And, I mean, and eventually if he's on, then he makes them all. If he's not, okay, then he's just tapping in for pars, whatever. So, uh, Zach, what did you – I know the second you gave me the Tiger odds, I just threw a fire blanket on you and said go to sleep. But, I mean, did you sincerely, sincerely have really any – I mean, like I said, I'm not a Tiger guy. But at the same time, I'm always thinking, like, hey, that'd be sweet if Tiger won. Absolutely. I, I'm, I'm all for him winning all the time. I, I don't mean to sound, like, flippant in that regard. I mean, like, hell yeah, Tiger win the majors. No, Nobody does it better than – I mean – Yeah, I mean, I never – With this one or – I never would have had him pegged him for winning. I mean, I'd put him in the same group of the Fleetwoods, even like the Molinaries as these guys who could definitely win any major, but he definitely was not my top pick or even in my top five. Certainly not shocking, though. I know he had a great week driving the ball, which has been his weakness also all year, and then he sort of turned it around this week. And then, as Nolan mentioned, I know he hit the his greens and regulations. It was the most greens hit since, I think, 2002, which was him. Wow. Wow. I mean, I mean, we always know, and I was trying to explain to people about Tiger back in the day, I'm just like, well, he was never really accurate, but he was always strong, and he was always sturdy, and when he was putting, that's when he was winning the most. I mean, it's like, he could miss a green, he could miss a fairway, and that still didn't mean bogey was coming into play. It's just, that's how good and above the cut Tiger was, so. Yeah, I'm shocked by that stat you gave on him being last in putting zero to five feet, because, like, the thing everyone knows about Tiger, he, he's the guy who seems to never miss those. He's yeah, five feet away. It's like a tapping. Still a bugaboo for him, really. Um, so, if you don't mind, real quick, I'm gonna barf out some stats that leading up to the Masters made me feel confident in him. That's why I picked him for second. Um, so, let's see. Strokes gained tee to green, which I feel is kind of the ball striking stat of the future. Um, the past seven champions. At, at Augusta National, six of them have been in the top ten leading up to the Masters. Tiger was eighth. Um, strokes gained around the green, so your short game, which is paramount in almost every major you play, especially at Augusta National. Um, let's see, he was seventh in on tour. So, I mean, oh. those, those two stats alone, you got your top ten in both getting the ball to the green, and then if you don't for some reason, you're also great at getting it up and down. Um, that's, that, a, that's, that's a like, that's, that's not even fringing. That's good. That's sneaky good, actually. Mm-hmm. I like that. Any other uh, any other uh, Tiger stats before we uh, tear apart? There, There's a couple things we have to mention in terms of, like, the Masters before it got good. I mean, do we have any other – I mean, so, I mean – yeah, one more. Who was, who was our, overall, who was our picks again? I forgot. Like, I, 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 I had DJ, you know, or Jason Day, according to like some publications. But I thought, I thought Rory's gonna win. <laughs> cool, Zach. Who did uh, you have? You had uh, uh, I have Matsuyama or Finau, even DeChambeau. Yeah, no, None of- I, I know you're picking for fun and you're picking with your heart, but I mean that's why I had 16 picks for the Masters because I was picking with a lot of different like my head, my heart, a lot of different. Well, things. it was originally so, I mean, Matsuyama, and then it moved to Deschambeau. Okay, which hey, you want to talk about a uh, shout out to my boy Tim Tucker, his caddy? I mean, <laughs> getting his first ace ever of his life at number 16 on Sunday. At Augusta. Granted, he didn't really follow up after leading the tournament after round one, so you know, God forbid that's. Uh, feast or famine uh, on the golf course but the only two things i wanted to bring up just real quick just about the masters is uh defending champion patrick reed missed the cut world number one justin rose missed the cut that's not the patrick reed thing's not indicative of anything i mean that guy is kind of a unicorn in many ways not more bad than good but justin rose i hate to say it like watching him on the range watching him on the first tee, like when he would he was hitting these like weak little pull draws and every time he'd hit it he would like kind of react like he had a, like a slow migraine headache coming on or something, and it's and I'm not being funny or, or like hyperbole. He literally would sit there and hit a shot and then like think about like 
his divorce or something. I was just like, what, Justin? I don't. I think you should just quit now, buddy. I mean, did anyone else see that? He was just every single shot he'd hit, he was befuddled. And yes. world number one could be bef- shouldn't be befuddled. I should be befuddled. My game. We should be befuddled. But the world number one, I don't know. I mean, he might be. I don't know. Yeah, Rose seems off his game a bit, for sure. And then also, I know Paul Casey missed the cut, who had just come off a win. But the last... I, so, everyone talks about, like, podcasts or people giving them a bump or whatever. What's the opposite of a bump? Because I need to submit it to Urban Dictionary. Because the second I say Paul Casey is trending in Augusta, he, he literally, like the no-laying-up guys, say vaporized. Blown That's a Jerry Lou Jinx. <laughs> now, hey, nobody, there... admit, nobody in the tournament... What's that? I, I was on the I was on the Paul Casey boat too, man. That dude has been dynamite at Augusta usually. And then I loved your Charles Howell the uh, Third long shot, I think, and uh, he didn't do too well either. But <laughs> well, he 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 pulled on my short and curlies there for a second. But uh, going back to leaderboard overall, uh, well, he shot a sixty nine to finish three under for the tournament. So yeah, whatever. I mean, he was having. Lots of yeah. I I am not gonna feed through the app. I really actually need to delete the thing because the Masters is over. But uh, I, the Charles Howell the Third was mostly just like a hey, do I want to look cool? I think I'm gonna like this. This will be the time. Like this won't be this guy dropping 85k on Tiger, even though that's really cool. But uh, like nobody's gonna pick Charles Howell the Third. He sucks in the majors. I mean, he finished tied for 32. He has one T for 10 in all the majors he's ever played in, and this is only top 10. And that was like a U.S. Open like 10 years ago. So. I mean, I I had Jason Day. I, I was following McElroy, Matsuyama, uh, DJ. It's just I, this is a train wreck. But thank God there was such good golf. Oh, Xander Shoffley, by the way, the uh, the forty five year old insurance salesman from Honolulu, Xander Shoffley. I mean, this guy, he, the guy's a bulldog. I mean, I I can't I can't count him out of anything. I absolutely love Xander, dude. He <laughs> he's like Kevin Kisner, except got more talent. <laughs> and- <laughs> I don't know. Like he just got so much. Somewhere, Kevin Kisner, if you're listening, snap a golf pencil. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I they had a special on him actually. I think Wednesday night, and it was him and his dad, and how his dad's his like golf coach, and that's the only guy he's ever talked with, and and their relationship's kind of kind of weird. It's like there's not much love there, to be honest. It was almost kind of sad at some points, but. He want like he he was the ultimate like I'm gonna be the next Tiger Woods guy and really? he's just got some sort of fire in him that I don't know we'll see I think he's so got telling, a... well so you're telling me the guy who's the hot shot young golfer who in his early twenties <laughs> who looks like he's a dull guy in his forties doesn't have a good relationship with his father oh or, I mean it's like a very sterile one I that makes actually perfect sense to me I, yeah. mean, I get it. I really get it <laughs> oh um. Gosh, I mean, yeah, I've uh, oh. for a second. I mean, Jerry, God. you might have to go a bit closer to your mic. Mm, like that? No, more on the other side. It's bad radio. Bad radio. Oh no, it's okay. I'm I'm talking into the side. Wait, there now you got. It. Oh, I haven't done anything honestly. So, like, hopefully this uh, hopefully this doesn't sound too bad. But we're amateurs, so. Yeah, I guess. I have a couple things, though, I wanted to bring up from the thing. I guess, firstly, were you guys, I guess Jerry mentioned he was using the app. Did you use the Masters app? Oh, yes. This might be the greatest golf app ever created. Everything. Well, you got that Masters money, baby. Everything, everything Augusta National does, they do it well, man. But did they, did they like, inform anyone about this until they released it? Or just all of a sudden they're like, bam, you get a shot of every single person. I got to watch Mike Weir hit a golf ball. I love white Mike Weird, dude. <laughs> oh my goodness! He almost uh, made it. Um, uh, no, to to be fair, Zach, I not to uh, besmirch or belittle like how introduced to the game or how into or how recent you've been into the game, but not as far as I can remember. For, but for at least three years now, there is uh, the Masters app has been existing, free, fully comprehensive, and like I like I tell everyone who doesn't know about the app. If, I mean, you must be living under, not living under a rock, but it's like, yeah, of course it's free and it's perfect. But they didn't used to have everyone shot. Oh, yeah, yeah, that that shot tracker, that was, or whatever it was called. You could see every every shot that everyone hit. 
that took me like 15 minutes to figure out. And then I realized I might get lost in this like microfiche. I need, I might, I might need to take a break. So, uh, um, yeah, I, I've always loved the app. I, I feel like CBS, Fox, all the affiliates could benefit more from that. But also those are big companies who are competing for time and like a lot more money margins. Whereas Augusta can do this once a year for four days to five days. It's just what they do. And, but I mean, that's also when you look at their menu at like how cheap things are at uh, Augusta for food and drink or whatever, they're just super cool to their people, which you wouldn't expect Rolex to have like the nicest lobby, so to speak. But guess what? They might give you like vitamin water when you walk through the door. Who knows? I mean, it's just that's the, the air at the top ain't thin. It's really, really nice. That's what I said when I lived in Aspen for many years. So real quick, this is just like off the wall. I just saw Louis Ustazen shot a, six, a 76 in the fourth round. Oh. Major, or showed up in a major really in nine years. Yet he. Yet oh, wait. Pause. We go. Doubtful. Very doubtful. I'm yeah. not, it's, oh, I, I took myself off the Wi Fi just to um, make sure. Uh, this is running well, but it's uh, it's not uh, it's not coming up right now. But I just I just just ah, forget it. That's just something small I saw. We don't need to really go off on that. But I was just going down here and looking at all the bigger scores. Or well, and this is kind of going back to the Paul Casey thing too a little bit. Nobody really had a consistently shitty master, so to speak. Like Paul Casey followed up his eighty-one with like a seventy-two, didn't he? I mean, he was, and then there were a lot of guys who shot a seventy-three and then shot an eighty. I mean, it was pretty stark in the like in how the rounds were shot yeah do you know in the history of the masters no one's ever shot all four rounds in the 60s no way yeah in like what? i think it's 4500 rounds something like that nobody it's crazy we, we, constantly, we constantly i keep hearing that stat every year and i keep not believing it because guys like dj you'd think would go out there and just like you know plod along or ernie l's back in the day taking a bunch of second places while shooting like four 68s in a row and tiger when he was breaking that Masters record in 97, a lot of people forget that front nine, as Nolan and I were talking about the other day, or the not front nine, his first round, 70. But that 70 has the biggest ribbon on it ever in that he went out in 40. He went out in 40. He four-putted the first green for a double bogey. His first hole in the Masters that he set epic records that have still not been broken, by the way, he... And then he go, he goes out in forty, and then he comes in in thirty. He lights up the back nine and six under to shoot just a humble seventy and two under par. And then from there he goes sixteen under total to uh, win in ninety seven. Um, real quick, I, I I wanted to ask Nolan this uh, before I forget. What's your favorite? Uh, it'll be a two parter because we'll try and keep it in theme with the episode. What's your favorite Tiger? And I'll just broaden up to Tiger moment, victory, what have you. And also, what's your favorite Masters? It could be the same answer. Okay, okay, gotcha. Um, favorite Masters, 2005. Uh, that chip in, it it uh, sent <laughs> it sent a shock up my spine, dude. And <laughs> I had hair standing on the back of my, my neck that I didn't have yet because I was too young. <laughs> I'm getting goosebumps just you talking about it. <laughs> um, that is right up there, the 2008 U.S. Open with Tiger. Um, Saturday was arguably more fun for me than the Sunday. Um, I think it, I'm 90% sure it was Saturday's wearing the blue shirt with the black vest. He, like, chips in one hole for, for a birdie, and then he nails, like, a long, winding eagle putt later to just, like, climb up the leaderboard on the back nine of Saturday and and then the putt on 18 on Sunday and to force the playoff with Rocco and and Rocco was such he's such a <laughs> you know some people hate him some people love him but he he's got he's got balls man to stare down Tiger he almost beat him <laughs> I like him did you see that documentary well, uh, it was he, like a mini he, he had drinking problems though Oh, wait, with the documentary on uh, on whom? Uh, on uh, Rocco talking about that playoff? I, oh, uh, I saw 
I saw little snippets of it. Yeah, he gave he gave a really good take, and I he was very humble about the whole thing, acknowledging that, and he kept saying how he's not a great player, and he's like honored to have gotten to play with Tiger, and being at that level, you'd think they'd be all be so confident, but he's like, oh, I was just happy to be there. Yeah, for sure. Um, let's see. What, what did you guys uh, already? Did you guys already discuss your favorite Masters? I feel like you did, maybe on the last podcast. Well, we discussed um, <clears throat> our favorite holes at Augusta, and um, I don't know. I I probably didn't. I didn't want to just you know bait Zach too hard and say what was your favorite Masters because he's going to say that you're that lefty from Canada won. But ultimately. <laughs> Well, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, I remember in it's high school. It's the year I, the lefty from Canada won. <laughs> hey, you know what? That was the first lefty to win at Augusta, you know, before Phil. So uh, that's that's saying a bit there. But I remember he in high school. To, if I recall right, he had to fend off Tiger in that one too. Yeah, not not. Uh, yeah. Not all the way till the end, but <clears throat> Tiger was definitely in the hunt there. Yeah. I I don't know my. It's the trouble. The trouble with me in trying to figure out my favorite Masters is more so I get the years mixed up and some of the uh, the players. But I mean, I really I don't want to I don't want to sound like a purist. I, I kind of stick with the '86 Masters and Jack a bit because I didn't realize so many cool things happened that day that were Masters memories, and it was all on that back nine Sunday. And like I mean, everyone was just charging up. That was like I told uh, Zach. That's where Seve had his fantastic shot on number thirteen and. Uh, I mean, but it's 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 weird because like I'm thinking, well, if it's not '86, the first, the other three I think, but I'm like, well, those all sound like cop outs. I mean, I can't even. And then VJ's win wasn't exactly distinct. Uh, oh, I tell you what, I was happy when Angel Cabrera won because for years, for years, for years, that Argentinian was ranked number nine in the world, and all we ever saw him do was miss cuts at the U.S. Open. That's all the duck, that's his name, the duck ever did was miss cuts in majors. That's the only time he pop up on TV. And he was always top ten in the world golf rankings, and then he won two majors, so good for him. But I if mean, I had to go with if I had to go with a non-Tigers, I I loved uh, Zach Johnson when he won. I can't remember what year that was, but I seen <laughs> it probably is because I have a affiliation for guys that can take it to Tiger. I just have a mad respect for them, and he he's done it a couple times, so. <laughs> So, well, real quick, you like uh, what's your take on Harold Varner when, whenever he needles Tiger? You ever see some of those videos? Yeah, <laughs> he's you know whatever. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I like the fact that some guys feel like they can joke around Tiger, and Tiger enjoys it. But at the same time, I've heard from more than one source that Harold Varner is just that way. And I'm like, oh, well, that takes the genuineness out of it. If he's going to walk by his press conference and F with him every single time, that doesn't make Harold Varner a funny guy. That makes him the asshole. And yeah. I can relate to that. Yeah, I'd, I'd heard, I've heard the same flavor around that. So, yeah. <laughs> so that, that was just a quick uh, quick tangent to something I was curious about. So, so we got Tiger. Oh, oh, here's a my mom actually just, my mother, who uh, bought some merchandise today, she might be our first customer ever. Thanks, Mom. Uh, she just sent me a tweet right now, and we can talk about this right now. This is perfect because I didn't write it down. She said, chat about the security guard who nearly took Tiger out. Wow, yes. That was yes, a very uh, nerve-wracking moment. I'm sure uh, Nolan has some good takes on this. Holy smokes, man. I was like, did that really just happen? Did <laughs> We need like well, a but, yellow card. I saw the footage though. No, wait. Did did you? Were you watching? Did did it happen live? Like like when you were watching him walk, you saw him slide. Yeah, you like... saw it. Yeah, it was the camera view from behind, and then the guy comes out of nowhere. And... <laughs> and okay, because just... I never saw the video they always showed on Twitter was uh, uh, not from behind, which which is where it would be on the telecast. Where so I'm curious. It's like, oh, I saw everyone make fun of the video later because. Once we found out he was fine five minutes later, we can make fun of the video. It's not something grotesque or terrible like that poor, well, God, I'm going to butcher his name because he's European, but that trailblazer center who just, like, busts his leg to pieces. I mean, Yusuf Nurkic. Nurkic, yeah. Well, I, well, I didn't want to say Jokic and you, like, throw your shoe at the green saying, like, hey, place for Denver. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, um, I, I had a gasp. Like the the air got sucked out of me, and I had like a little girl shriek kind of when I saw him like hobbling because he kind of you can see on the 
you couldn't really see it as well live, but on the second video from the front, his foot is planted in there and it tweaks a little. So he must have felt a little something, but it was fine. And they were can talking. We call, about... Can we name him Officer Steve Barton or something like that? I mean, <laughs> yeah. what, could, what could have been? And this guy, all he was doing, folks, is just his job as good as he could to make sure people weren't getting near the big cat. And next thing you know, he just comes in there. And just like takes out the goalie's skate. <laughs> I know. I can't imagine if Tiger got like hurt and had to withdraw or something. This poor guy just doing his job is going to be the scapegoat for the next fifty years. That's why, obviously, happily, things turned out better. But then again, when it comes to pain or people being in a certain position, whatever, Tiger won the 2008 U.S. Open, playing not four but five rounds of the toughest golf in the world against. Rocco, a drunk who was, I love Rocco, but I don't know how he got there or whatever, but he played five rounds on one wheel. He had, he had two legs and one of them was broken. People don't realize, I mean, we're not talking Kurt Gibson limping around the bases broken. His knee, like, sometimes I walk up a hill and my knee hurts. I'm just like, geez, how can I play in the U.S. Open, like, competitively and drive the ball far and win or whatever? I just, I can't even walk on grass without my back hurting sometimes. I mean, old people problems. (laughs) Yeah, it's crazy. What about, uh, did you catch the uh, Phil Mickelson video of him going up Magnolia Lane? Oh, gosh. That was golden. (laughs) But again, how how that video turned into, um, uh, (laughs) it turned into a whole bunch of memes and jokes, too. People doing their own videos. This is one of the greatest videos. I retweeted one where somebody just essentially dubbed the office intro over like a lot of master's memories. But it, I don't know if you guys saw it. It starts with Phil driving, like driving up Magnolia Lane, going to be hitting bombs, do, having a good time. And then when the camera like would go to look up Magnolia Lane, it cuts to when Michael hits Meredith on the windshield yeah. and she rolls. <laughs> and then it yep. cuts back to Phil just looking like his face. <laughs> I, I yeah. like this new Phil. He realizes his place now. He's putting out content. I it's, think I tweeted. I think I tweeted that video out with. It is a like a blessing that Phil Mickelson found Twitter. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah that was your quote. Absolutely, yeah. I remember yeah. somebody saying that. I'm like, he is absolutely right. This is this had gone on too long, and we have certain levels where it's like, yeah, Tiger Woods in his Twitter account, you know, he's not typing on it. I mean, and then but then here's my beef with Tony Finau. Tony Finau isn't exactly a megastar or whatever, but somebody else is running his Twitter account. I mean, who? Who, who is he that he has somebody running his per- whatever? It's not a big deal. I just, Maybe I like it's it. the Nike thing. I don't know, but <laughs> you know that's not bad. Oh, here, there's another thing. Did you guys hear about Nike Golf uh, and their Twitter account? Yeah, they they it's gone. They All shut right. it down the day before the final group had three, not one, not two, but three head-to-toe Nike-clad golfers. But yet Nike just straight up Nike with the check mark, you know. Show, showed all those commercials they've been making evidently they didn't tell anybody so yeah i wonder <laughs> if we can buy that, that buy that account from them or something yeah we need that <laughs> well just like a ping bought their schematics to some irons or whatever no we don't need that we don't need to buy a piece of the time come on it's... what about their graphics guys yeah who got that commercial out within like a minute of it ending well that's mean it was in the can they were just waiting i mean i bet they, they might have had a they had clips from too. right when it ended i thought i thought one of them had a clip of when he hugged his son but that's also that I always I always said this. I used to say this to my dad when we watched golf back in the day. I don't envy the guy who has to sit in the truck saying, like, go to 14, go to 18T or whatever, because it's like you got to always be on your toes. And, and then you have to, while you're about to go to commercial break in 45 seconds, whack together a 10-second bumper thing with the right slow-mo clip and the right music in the right spot before you cut to the leaderboard and then the Valtrex ad. It's just kind of, I mean, that's just how video editing and all that stuff goes. And it's a pain in the neck. You don't I've see that in the future it. with your expertise at playing intro music? Given that I can barely, Microsoft and I can barely cooperate to where I have to create a new email every single week just to access Skype. I have to I have to delete and re-download. I showed you the video. It's ridiculous. I mean, and then when I hit the when I hit the button that says start a new account, the circle just sits there going in a circle. Just going in a circle <laughs> like it's churning digital butter. It's not amazing, Zach. It's not amazing. <laughs> we need to bring on a Microsoft person. So you could file your grievances. You know, I'd love to get Steve Ballmer on because uh, that guy is just a nut bar. He's fun to watch jump around. Like, you, you guys YouTube video Steve Ballmer. <laughs> that's just, that's... His dancing video. Uh, but speaking of real quick, another funny moment. Uh, 
in terms of all these great funny things that were happening. Uh, Nolan mentioned uh, Zach Johnson. He happened to duff the ball into the T-block. Now, granted, I, I, it, it occurred to me later that to catch everyone up, because it happened in Amen Corner and nobody is back there except the golfers, the caddies, and officials. There's no gallery back there. It's the it's the place where you hear the whispers. I'm told on the course, and all of a sudden, somebody I think it was uh, well, I'm not going to misquote the name, but one of uh, one of my nicer followers on Twitter sent me the video right away. Like he was filming it on his TV and he sent it to me, and he's just like, I nearly died laughing. I couldn't figure out what I was watching. I'm like, but well, that wasn't that was intentional, right? So Zach Johnson goes to the most mechanical short hitter out there in his routine, tees it up, goes to swing through the ball a couple times, and straight dinks his ball off the toe, off the tee block, and about 10 feet in front of him, And to which everyone has a moment of mirth, and it's obviously, he says right away, you know, you can see the verbal handcuffs fly right onto his vocal cords. He's like, oh, no, 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 I didn't mean to. And they're like, yeah, there was no intent. There was no intent. But my, what, what were your guys' thoughts on that? It was amazing. Very relatable. <laughs> So I I was actually slightly confused because is there still a rule that if you're like addressing your ball while you're putting too and if like you touch the ground too close to it and your ball moves it's a stroke but for some reason that on the teen ground isn't a stroke or something I have kind of a jokey loose answer for that but to be a little more serious I don't know 100% for sure but my joking answer will kind of help you help you and any listener out there Essentially, with all the new rule changes, folks, if you didn't intend on doing that to your ball, you can do anything you want to your golf ball. That's pretty much how it goes. If it's not, if it's an accident, you can kick it anywhere you want to if you were just trying to practice, like, you know, your jogging stride or something. If you didn't mean to do it, you can just start all over. That's really about 80 to 90 percent of the rub of most of these rule changes. And I know that's a very cynical, like, uh, answer, but I mean, that's kind of the damn truth. It really is. The other, uh, the other take on that video was, I don't know if you guys saw, but Zach actually uh, tweeted out the video or something, and he was like, gosh, because if, if you guys don't know, listening, he's a drawer of the ball, like almost like that's all he does. He, I don't think he ever hits cuts, but he's like, gosh, dang, I even sliced that one, and it still went left because it, <laughs> it ricochets off the, the tee the teeing post or whatever you want to call that the tee marker that's hilarious. and goes to the left yeah that, that that's great is hilarious oh, he had a man. good sense of humor about it too he told the crowd to laugh about it well I've, I've seen zj bristle a little bit like i think he and the no laying up guys like he blocked them right away because they jokingly are all about no laying up and they say well that's all zach johnson does and i like to make fun of him for laying up but he's laid his way up to two major championships so he can do whatever he wants to i'm fine with that yeah he could but, do what uh, he wants the, the one thing I noticed, and this is still going to, this is, this guy might just be my favorite golfer this year, but you know who was on the tee box with Zach Johnson when that, uh, when the duff happened? Kucher. Matt Kucher. <laughs> Matt Kucher, who seems to be the bystander at every single Roswell, New Mexico car accident now. I don't know what this, this guy, whether it's his fault or not, he is around every single goofy freaking thing that's happening or controversial thing that's happening. I mean... He was the one who saved ZJ, though. He said right away, he's like, oh, you didn't intend to hit him. Hit it. It would have been great. That's what made me look up. And who else would better know the rules just in terms of shit that's been going down with Kucher? I mean, whether it's on the course or off the course, I mean, this guy's on point. (laughs) Yeah. He's the center of every controversy, this guy. So we've been uh, we've been chatting here for about forty five minutes now, so I figure we can kind of start to wrap this up with more so we can just blend it all together in terms of the Masters and Tiger and the future. And I have just a very small part in this that I want to say, and then I'll let Nolan and Zach take it away, especially Nolan. But really, what I saw in Tiger was he was on, not like he was in prowl mode or he was like everyone was scared and he was just like going to run away with it. He was on a level of autopilot, and he had a pep in his step that I didn't think would happen. I thought he was going to win his 15th major at some point, and then he would just let out a big sigh of relief, and then we'll see what happens. The way he won on Sunday sincerely makes me question, and I'm not a Tiger fan per se, sincerely makes me question how many more majors he might possibly win. And I say that with the most extreme earnestness. Fellas, take it away. Uh, I think 
he'll win at least one more, and honestly, I think he's going to catch Jack. I would have to agree with you, Zach. I think uh, 18 is going to be the number. I would not be shocked at all if he gets above that, man, especially if he wins one more this year. Um, I got some more stats for you if you want some of that. Um, We always want them. (laughs) So... I want to kind of preface this with Tiger played great, but I honestly think he can do better and the field, the P, the whole PJ tour better watch out if he starts getting, getting in the zone even more. So, um, what did I look up? The, uh, his birdie average. Okay. Birdies per round is he's 10th. So he makes a lot of birdies, right? Um, but his birdie, um, conversion rate on tour, he's like 45th or something. So that means he's having a lot of chances. If he's top 10 in birdies per round, but he's pretty pitiful in converting those chances. If he starts converting those chances, you better <laughs> you better watch out. Yeah, he PGA must be tour. leading like birdie opportunities, basically. Mm-hmm, exactly. Um, and there's... There's a lot of lot of big names, and like if you look at the top ten of the um, the birdies per round, it's almost it's almost identical to what the uh, the birdie conversion rate. Yeah, yeah that's what I was going to ask you. Except for Tiger, it's like mm. Deschambeau, Aaron Wise is up there. Actually, that's why I was kind of afraid of him in the <laughs> back of the match play because match plays you make a lot of birdies, you can win. Um, oh but yeah. He, he makes all birdies, but he makes a ton of mistakes. Um, but yeah, all the all the great ball strikers are up there. Jason Day and um, but so moving forward, um, I think it is not out of reach to reach to reach that eighteen number. Um, the the majors this year set up well for him. Um, oh yeah. I mean, let's not pigeonhole ourselves, but you're right. It's just kind of like, oh, God, Beth Page and Pebble coming up. I mean, this is – and Lamb already would be like, I guess so. I mean, what, what? And I think he can play well at any uh, – if, if it's – if uh, the Open is set up like a traditional Open, Tiger's game is going to play well there for years. Oh, Some... if, Tiger, if Tiger wins the Masters <laughs> at the PGA Championship in the U.S. Open, I guarantee you he is winning the Open Championship. <laughs> That you've heard it here, folks. First, I mean, come on. I'm just saying, if you if if he gets into that mode, if he gets into that zone where he's won the first three. I mean, we saw what happened when he won the back three in one year, and then he like carried over into 2001. He wanted it, he got it. And I remember January in Hawaii that year. Everyone was saying he's he was he was like done. And I'm like, at least lest you forget, he has he's holding three majors right now, saying he's like not going to win. Anyways, yeah. So again, I think. uh... He's always, I think he's going to be a threat week to week. Um, you can't really count him out the way he's striking the ball. He's, I mean, he didn't make any doubles this week. He didn't He didn't have any penalty shots. He he's barely had make, any bogeys either. Didn't he have like four bogeys? Yeah, he's not he making... What was 18? Yeah. The second hole, I apologize, yeah. Right, so he's, he's not putting himself out of tournaments, that's for sure. Um, that's true. But... You know, Sneed's record is next. He's at 81 right now, so that's pretty exciting. I'm sure he wants to get to 82 pretty soon here. Um, well, what about you, Zach? What do you think in terms of I'll, – I'll ask you a question, then I got a question for both of you, and then we can wrap it up. But uh, what do you um, – I'm writing down the question for both of you guys. But um, Tiger, the majors, I mean – who do, who do we pencil in now for next year's Masters? I know it's way too early to predict. I mean, it's pretty early to predict the next major. But, I mean, judging by all the names, I mean, it's just... It, or we're not going to say it's Tiger again, are we? I mean, I mean, he has to be the favorite, for sure. I don't I think, have the latest odds, but I'm sure he is. What is he? He's, he, he's up to number four in the world now, too, I think, eh? Uh, I think six. Oh, six, maybe from, six. From what? What was he prior to this? Thirteen, I think. Or eleven. Uh, eleven. I think. Oh, oh wow, he moved up there maybe a lot. Our, maybe our U.S. world rankings is different than your Canadian world rankings. No, they're the same. I'm just uncultured. 
Um, no, yeah, I think he was eleventh uh, or twelfth, and then he bumped up to six. And so that was kind of actually one of my questions: Can he be the world number one again? That is going to be really tough, no matter how well he plays. Yeah, I mean, I think it's sort of great for him that he's, or it's sort of great for the golf community that he's won behind Snead and that he's a chance to get to number one because now he won't just be trying to win the majors. He's going to want to compete in all these. He definitely, I mean, if he could get back to world number one, it would that would be like almost as big accomplishment as having won a major or even more. Oh, I don't know. I don't know about that. When it comes to what Tiger's interested in and what he wants and what he sets out to achieve, it's the majors, unfortunately. I mean, Oh, no, he wants was, to get to 18 uh, for sure. That's that's the big number. Well, I mean, I, and you know what? If you could tell, if he were to say, and I was number two in the official world golf rankings the whole time while I did it, I'm sure he wouldn't care. Like, uh, it's all no. about getting that trophy yeah. and getting that W. So... I just was thinking about this earlier, and you mentioned it with uh, Tiger being just shy of Sam Snead's record. It's my last question for you, fellas, but the debate's always been Jack versus Tiger, Jack versus Tiger. Jack has the longevity and the majors, undeniable. Tiger has the best nine-year stretch in a professional individual athlete's history ever, excluding his 97 Masters and his 2019 Masters and his 2013 PGA season. All that being said, if Tiger with 15 majors and Jack with 18. If Tiger breaks Sneed's all-time PGA Tour victory, is the better golfer for the ages? <laughs> Are you asking me this? No, I, I guess not. I was thinking about that as I was like, drawing it I, I got to go with Tiger, too. I feel like... <laughs> like... <laughs> Especially, I'm younger. Tiger's, Tiger's what I've seen. He changed the game the most. I feel like I got to go with Tiger. Tiger's dad always said, Tiger's greatest accomplishments will not come on the golf course. It'll be off the golf course and the way he grows the game. And um, for me, it's the way he can grow the game to the youth um, and what he's done with his charities. And I mean, golf course design aside, but I think his char- charity work is amazing. He's putting kids through college all the time. And he, I, did you guys see um, Mr. Trump gave him the the Medal of Freedom yeah. the other? <laughs> oh wait, I thought oh, I thought you were gonna say, did you see the president tweeted? And I was like, yeah, so I tweeted. He's just like, congratulations, a true champion. <laughs> wow, that was Sorry, spot on. I don't mean to make fun. I know I know we're, this isn't a political show, and I'm not saying I'm friends with Trump, but ah, he's, I'm sure he's a cool guy. You can still make fun of his tweets. I make fun of my tweets. I only live on Twitter. Like, hashtag Twitter on the shitter. I tried to start that a long time ago. So, that, yeah. Uh, that, yeah so. Long story short, I if you really want my opinion, I already think he's the greatest of all time. <laughs> um, I think if he walked away right now, it, it would be fine. Um, but <laughs> I don't think he wants to. I think he's realized, hey, I've got quite a bit of fear quite a bit of years left in me if I want to keep competing and uh, all these young guys are going to be kind of hoping maybe they didn't wish for the old Tiger back. We'll see. Yeah. Half of them at least. I mean, this, and there has been no hyperbole so far, folks, and I agree with this and I will endorse this and pass it on. This has been and will be so far our greatest single most comeback story in at least American sports history that I can think of. Like People are comparing it to Miracle, and Miracle is kind of a skewed story we can get into another time, but what Tiger did is phenomenal, and Nolan can appreciate this a little bit in terms of a basketball sense, but something that I appreciate with Tiger still and that he's still rewriting the books now, especially now that he's won a major, it's not a question of how many more is he going to win, I think, or catching Jack, because we always thought hopefully he just wins one more, but Kobe Bryant always wanted to be like Michael Jordan. He was always just a notch below it. The trouble is, I always wondered, what if Kobe hit Jordan status? Then what would he do? I, I, he might have been lost in the malaise or whatever. And Jordan was only good at one thing, caring about winning. And jo- obviously, Jordan and Tiger Woods were friends back in the day and things like that. And, and those personalities can click in that regard. But I ultimately try and look at it, the comparison now to be Michael Jordan and LeBron James, where it's like, okay, one guy, Michael Jordan, Jack Nicholas, has all the hardware. Or you could say like a guy like Bill Russell, who technically has more NBA championships, has the hardware. But then you got a guy like LeBron James, who moved around a lot more and moved the needle a lot more 
and cause way more important positive dramatic things throughout like the community, the sports world, everything like that. I look at Tiger as like LeBron, where it's like, aha, when it comes to the resume, he's still going to be half a page shorter than Jack. It's not his fault, but it's not to say Tiger might not be the best golfer of all time now. After this major, I'm saying that. Before this major, I was saying he was the greatest golfer for a decade, greatest athlete for a decade ever. I mean, Michael Phelpsian almost. So this is, I, I think, the, the, the sky's the limit for Tiger. I, I can't predict, uh, I'd rather predict a minimum of wagers he might win from here. I don't know. Yeah, I respect anyone's uh, opinion who thinks Jack's better because of that 18 number. Um, but that's just not how I view it right now. <laughs> you got to tell them that's wrong. To be fair, that's what Tiger views. I mean, that's why I brought up yeah. the Kobe Michael thing, where it's just like Tiger said he wants to catch Jack. And I know once Tiger catches Jack, if and when he does, then Tiger will want to beat Jack and be the best and have his own uh, pillar and echelon of its own. But that's why, I, like I said, I mentioned the Kobe thing, where it's just like, oh, well, if you don't get there, we're not going to know what you're going to do in terms of being the best technically in that one regard. So anything else you guys want to add, fellas? It was, uh, as I like to say, the most wonderful t- uh, But Masters is over now. We, uh, we have a uh, new PGA tournament, PGA championship coming up soon. I guess uh... – before uh, we go off, we should let Nolan let everyone know how they could get in touch with you or talk some Tiger. Yeah, yeah. plug it. Of course, yeah, follow me at Nolan T. Smith on, in the Twitterverse uh, on Instagram. Uh, here's my phone number. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, head to, our, head to the page from thebacktees.com. Um, I love getting comments on our posts and uh, I think we got emails set up now too. We're we're heading we're heading towards scratch golfer status instead of amateur status. Yeah, I can think that. Yeah, absolutely. Zach, anything you want to plug? No, I think I'm good. I guess we just released the the store. We got it up thanks to oh, my yeah, guy Mark. Right. He he got that up. That was a big hassle, but we got some logoed stuff, and then we got that one Tiger shirt, and then we're hoping in the future, we're not going to be like selling much from the back to logo stuff, but we're hoping to come up with some unique shirt ideas. I know Jerry had a couple. Hopefully, maybe Nolan or some of the other guys got some. I did? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah you that's did. A about great a, shirt I did. About a certain <laughs> Mo Norman. Let's see if you can remember. Oh, God, man, I'm on so many quaaludes back when I was talking about Mo Norman. Excuse me. Um, <laughs> but, folks, I will mention we got merch up as of today. Uh, Mom, thank you for buying a hat and a T-shirt or whatever you got. I uh, really appreciate it. She was griping about the prices, and she's like, oh, but it is golf. I'm like, yeah, and you like NASCAR, so whatever. But uh, that being said, the Tiger shirt that, Zach, you designed that, the uh, the red shirt that uh, says yeah, that was Yeah, that was my design prowess. This is one of the cool things that we can do with the website is not necessarily uh, pimp our logo or stuff like that and put it on some corny polos, but like just unique individual shirts, kind of like how Barstool Sports does it or Dan Patrick show or whatever when we have a funny saying or funny idea. I mean, like, you know, whatever. I mean, this is a this is a good one. This is a first. It is all. How many do we know how many we're making or selling in terms of is there a limited so run? We, we've made like only like about 20, but they're basically uh made as people are ordering so it'll always be a stock good okay good yeah we've I, well, sold did, a couple so I that's honestly, exciting I, I honestly sincerely did not expect any number to come out of your mouth it could have been twenty thousand. could have been tw- like you said 20 i just sincerely was just like i didn't know what to expect so um but yeah we uh <clears throat> you can find zach at from the back tees that is he uh i mean he has his own personal account but that is he is the uh helmsman and captain of this fine ship that is from the which is our website and that's where you can find all of us that's where we get yes i i bow down to zach every day as well as uh like nolan and i we and i'm sure everybody else we owe you this uh, really really fun opportunity to really get a mix it up and stuff like that so <clears throat> really enjoyed anything else you guys want to want to get in there before yeah, i guess we, say goodbye we just want to thank nolan you gave some great Tiger input, and hopefully we'll have you on again soon. Yeah, any anytime, guys. I'd love to come on. Uh, yeah, thanks for listening. Uh, let's keep it rolling, guys. I want to see Tiger win the next one and scare these young guys. Scare them out of the tour. Let's go. Yeah, for sure. 
so long as I don't run out of email accounts to create cleverly or forget what they are, I can still keep doing this at least via Skype. Which, by the way, out there, if any of you are listening and you, like I, I pleaded before, you know anything technologically more than us, because evidently a lot of podcasts get made. A lot of podcast apps are out there. A lot of people do this over Skype. And yet somehow I still see keep crapping my pants every time I open my pad to do this once a week. So please, can somebody reach out to us with some type of something? Or maybe these guys on our team know more than I do, and they're just not saying anything because this is funny. But, but uh, you can tweet me. That's the place to find me, at Looper one on Twitter, on the Twitter field. That's about – that's the easiest way to get in touch with me to mix it up. But uh, – on that, we thank Michigan Sports Entertainment for being your golf podcast. We love being on the platform. You guys make it possible. We like being your new number one show. If that's still a thing, I don't even know if we're a new show anymore or if we're number one. But that's we're number fun, one, so. just right at the top. So thanks, guys, for listening to our Masters recap. Hopefully, Zach and I will be able to crank out another pod for you, uh, discussing some other golf bull crap, and do a little heritage preview later this week. Thanks a lot, guys. It's been a thin slice of heaven. Thank you. Thanks, guys.